each and every one of you guys. All you have to do is come and accept that with uh, living and active faith. And I'm telling you, there is no better decision that uh, you will make in your life if you accept the forgiveness that uh, God is willing and able and wanting to give to you. So if that's something that you want for your life, uh, I would love, love, love to talk to you about that, the forgiveness that is available to you. So this, uh, today it is Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, I'm excited to watch uh, the big game. Uh, my guy Stafford is in the Super Bowl. Go Rams. Um, uh, I'm sorry. Don't stone me up here. I know a lot of people uh, get excited about uh, the big game, uh, especially in this area as the Bengals are going to uh, the Super Bowl uh, this year. Uh, coming from a guy who sincerely, and when I mean sincerely, I mean sincerely enjoys watching and uh, playing sports, uh, we, we still have to be made aware to make sure that we don't make anything um, an idol in our life, an idol, anything that's more important to us than God. And uh, oftentimes when combating idols, it's not necessarily that we love something too much, but maybe the issue that we don't love God enough. So I just want to uh, remind you all of that as I was looking forward uh, to the Super Bowl. I saw a meme earlier uh, this week. Uh, for those of you who don't know what a meme is, according to Merriam-Webster, it's an idea, behavior, style, or usage that spreads from one, per one person to another or be an amusing or interesting picture, video, et cetera, that is spread widely through the internet. So now you know what a meme is. Uh, well, I saw a meme uh, earlier this week. Uh, it read, uh, you should be as excited about church as about the Super Bowl. So when your pastor makes a point this Sunday, pour Gatorade over his head. So I hope you guys have got the Gatorade ready uh, for today because we've got lots of points, hopefully good points, but lots of points uh, this morning as we continue our series on how to read the Bible. Thus far, as we've been going through this series for about a month now, uh, we went over a brief overview of the Bible. We've taken a look at some of the different literary styles of the Bible. We've uh, taken a look at uh, the five books of law, 12 books of history, and the five books of poetry. Um, and again, as a friendly reminder, uh, this is more of like a classroom setting. Uh, we'll be going through lots of information you're not going to get the good old Southern Baptist in me. Uh, I don't really have any Southern Baptists in me. Uh, but uh, you're not going to get the old preachy, fiery uh, going throughout this series. But we're talking about very important information as we're going back to the classroom, essentially. And so today, as we continue this series, we're going to be talking about the books of prophecy. Now, when we talk about uh, the books of prophecy, there's kind of two categories here. One, there are the five major prophets. That's Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel. And then also this morning, we'll be talking about the 12 minor prophets. We have Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi, uh, the 12 uh, books of the minor prophets. Prophets. Uh, does anybody know the 12 minor prophets in order? That's generally the hardest part of the section uh, to memorize. I'm sure Jen's got a song for it that she could teach us about the minor prophets. Yeah, pro probably um, somewhere in there. Um, but uh, these uh, 12 minor prophets, they aren't minor because they are less important than the five major prophets. They're simply uh, called or referred to as the minor prophets because generally they are much 
shorter than the major prophets. In fact, the book of Obadiah is just one chapter long, the shortest book in the Old Testament. And uh, when we take a look at like the Jewish scriptures, the Tanakh, the, the, basically the Old Testament formatted a tiny bit uh, differently, they actually uh, jumbled these 12 separate minor prophets into one book called the Twelve creative, I know. Um, but uh, these 17 uh, books of prophecy, they close out uh, the Old Testament. So today we're, we're going to finish up the Old Testament, and next week we're going to start digging into uh, the New Testament. But for today, I don't want to scare uh, anyone or think uh, they can't handle reading uh, the books of prophecy, but I will warn you in advance uh, that in my opinion and many others as well, these books of prophecy are the hardest books of the Bible to understand. You can throw uh, the book of Revelation in there as well, the last book of the Bible, as it has many similarities as well to the 17 uh, books of prophecy. But I want to encourage you, that is very, very attainable to read these books and understand what they mean. We just need to have context of, uh, proper context of where these books books takes place, and a couple of tidbits of information, and then you are well on your way of being able to sit at your house and read your Bible for 5, 10, or 15 minutes and read through the prophets and come away with a true understanding of God's word in this section. So before we uh, dig too deep into talking about uh, these 17 books of prophecy, we need to clear up one big misconception about a prophet. A prophet is not, it's not someone who predicts future events. Let me be clear, a prophet certainly can predict future events, and a lot of the prophets in the scriptures do predict future events, but that is not what defines a prophet. A prophet is simply someone who serves as the mouthpiece of God. In other words, it is someone who speaks the word of God. So if someone speaks the word of God to you, they are serving as a prophet to you. And uh, these different uh, books of prophets, these different prophets, they can talk about future events, which they certainly do uh, from time to time throughout uh, the scriptures. Uh, like God's kingdom, they talk a lot about uh, the future uh, fulfillment of God's kingdom. They talk about current events. That, that's really a bulk of their materials about the current events, or in our perspective today, events that happened a couple thousand years ago. And then they also talk about past events from their perspective, events that Israel had already gone through or, or the other surrounding nations. So do me a huge favor and take that idea of a prophet simply being someone who talks about future events and throw it on the ground and stomp on it and smush it on the ground. Let me see you guys. Take that mind, literally. Take that mind. Let me see it. Take that mind from your head. Throw it on the ground and smush it. I want to hear, and that, that's pitiful. Come on, guys. Let me hear you smush that idea and then rub it in the ground. You got it? Yes. That is not what a prophet is about. A prophet is someone who speaks the word of God. Yeah, good exercise. We got our blood pumping uh, now. Now, prophets are found throughout the entire Bible. As we all understand that, yeah, there's people who speak the word of God throughout the entire Bible. 
Abraham from the beginning of Genesis, he's called a prophet. Moses, he's called a prophet. Jesus Christ, he's called a prophet. John the Baptist is called prophet. So prophets are found throughout the entire Bible. But when we talk about the books of prophecy, we are specifically talking about the 17 last books in uh, the Old Testament. Now, when we talk about these 17 books of the Old Testament, uh, one of the most difficult aspects about understanding these books of prophecy is that they do not take place chronologically. And so if we don't have proper context for each of these individual books going into it, it can be a big old giant mess in our mind as it jumps around a bit. And that can be confusing because when we retell history, often we go in order. We go from the beginning to the end. Or when we tell a story, we go from the beginning of how the sequence of events started and and we progress to the end. That's not how these 17 uh, books of prophecy are organized. The good news is there is a pattern. There's a pattern to how these books are organized. And we're going to go through, we're going to take a look at this pattern, and and hopefully you guys uh, will be able to identify this pattern on your own time when you're reading through the scriptures, so you have a better idea of the context behind uh, each of these different books. And in order to establish the pattern, to identify the pattern, we need to uh, go back to our uh, timeline this morning uh, briefly. I tested the integrity of the stand this morning because last time we had struggles with it. Lord willing, it'll work out this morning. So when we talk about, uh, this is history that we talked about before. Um, If we start here at around 1000 BC, the three kings, uh, Saul, David, and Solomon, hopefully this timeline is becoming somewhat familiar to you, as if you understand this timeline, you are well on your way to understanding uh, the Old Testament, at least. And then about 70 years later, the kingdom is divided under Solomon's son, Rehoboam. Uh, Then 721 BC, about 200 years later, the 10 northern tribes of Israel, they were conquered by Assyria. 586 BC, and again, you don't need to remember these exact dates, but I really encourage you to remember the sequence of events. 586 Judah, the two southern tribes of Israel, they were conquered by the nation of Babylon. And then after Judah was conquered, uh, the Babylonian Empire, they took the Jews who were living in Jerusalem and and these other cities as well. They took them and uh, they took them as exiles over to uh, the Babylonian Empire. Um, and then around 500 BC, there came a, a guy, King Cyrus, who you've probably read about in uh, your history classes. Uh, he came and he allowed uh, the Israelites to return to uh, the Palestine land, the promised land, the land of Canaan. And then for about 100 years, uh, these exiles are returning uh, to the promised land. Now, when we read through these 17 uh, different books of prophecy, uh, all 17 of them are found somewhere within uh, this timeline. So we're not talking about the era of Moses or the era of Abraham. We're not dealing with any of the the prior events that's founded uh, throughout uh, the scriptures, but we're strictly dealing with this chunk of time when we're dealing with the 17 books of prophecy. 
And the pattern, and again, as I mentioned earlier, these books don't follow in chronological order, but they do follow a pattern. And the pattern here is we're going to group these into uh, different group numbers. This is group number one. This is group number two. Group number three. Any guess is what this last group is? Oh, man, you guys. Oh, man, we got some work to do. Four. Group four, not group five. Group four. You guys are full of it this morning. So group one here uh, falls between the time where the kingdom is divided. So we're talking about the 10 northern tribes of Israel and the two southern tribes of Israel. But it is before Israel was conquered by Assyria. So there's two nations, Israel and Judah, present at hand. And within this group, we have a handful of different books. We have Isaiah. We have, and I don't remember all these books, so uh, bear with me as I look at my notes. Isaiah, Hosea, we have Amos, Jonah, and Micah. So when you are reading through these five different books of prophecy, if you can understand that they take place before Israel was conquered, that is very, very helpful information to understand. Now, the second group, group number two, not three, but two, uh, is after Israel was conquered. So Israel is out of the picture now. They've been conquered by Assyria, but the two southern tribes of Judah, they are still alive and well. And in this group, we have another five uh, books that were written. We have uh, the book of Jeremiah. And right along with Jeremiah, we have Lamentations. And then we also have Nahum, Habakkuk, and Zephaniah. And excuse my chicken scratch. So Jeremiah, Lamentations, Nahum, Habakkuk, and Zephaniah. That's the second group. The third group here takes place after Judah is conquered. So the people of God, the nation of God, they've been uh, conquered either by the Assyrian Empire or the Babylonian Empire, and they are no longer able to live in the Promised Land. They've been cast away into the Babylonian Empire. And we have two prophets uh, who uh, wrote their books during this uh, time period, and that's Ezekiel and Daniel. Ezekiel and Daniel. And then at around 500 BC, uh, the exiles, because of King Cyrus again, they were able to return to the promised land. Uh, they were able to return to Israel. And so a couple of prophets uh, wrote about uh, or spoke the word of God to the people after the exiles returned to uh, Israel. And those books are Haggai. Close, buddy. Haggai. We're working on our talking, you can tell. Yeah, I think everybody would, Anita. I think everybody would. 
You're stealing the, you're stealing the limelight, son. Keep it down. Uh, and so, yeah, those are uh, the last three. Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. If you're on top of your game, you'll notice uh, that Joel and Obadiah don't have a home. We don't know exactly uh, when uh, these were written, uh, but they fall somewhere in here. But uh, we, we, we just don't know. Now, here's the pattern. If we deal with the, let's deal with the major prophets as well. Uh, here, Isaiah is a major prophet. Jeremiah is a major prophet. Lamentations is a major prophet. Ezekiel is a major prophet. And Daniel is a major prophet. Those are the five major prophets. So if we notice here, and, and, and the order when you look through your Bible, if you open your Bible, uh, the order there is Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel. And so you'll notice here, the major prophets are easier to follow along. You'll notice that it pretty much takes place in chronological order. Isaiah is written uh, before uh, Israel was conquered. Isaiah talks a lot about uh, the sins of Israel and now Judah following the sins of Israel. Um, and so that's group one, Isaiah. Uh, and group two here, after Israel was conquered, but before Judah was conquered, we have Jeremiah and Lamentations. Lamentations written by Jeremiah uh, as well. Um, and there the, he's lamenting to the people, Jeremiah, um, about their wickedness and their rebellion. And then in this last section, after Judah was conquered, so during the great exile, we have Ezekiel and Daniel. So it follows those groupings very easily, uh, the five major prophets. Now, the rest of these books, they, they're all the 12 minor prophets, and they don't happen in exact chronological order, um, but they do follow these different groupings. And so we have Hosea, we have Joel, we don't know when uh, Joel uh, was written. We have Amos, we have Obadiah, we don't know when Obadiah was written. And then Jonah and Micah. So uh, four out of these first six books of the Minor Prophets, they all fall within uh, th this group one, this time period, before Israel was conquered. Now these four books don't necessarily take place in chronological order. Hosea doesn't necessarily take place before Amos, Jonah, or Micah, but they all fall in in that group one. And then we, we jump into over here in group two. After Israel was conquered, we have Nahum, Habakkuk, and Zephaniah. And lo and behold, those are the three next books of the Minor Prophets when we are reading through our scriptures. And then uh, in the next group, we don't have any minor prophets. None of the 12 minor prophets are talking about uh, the great exile, or they, didn't, they weren't speaking the word of God during the great uh, exile. And then we have group four here, after the exiles return to Israel, and lo and behold, we have the last three uh, books of the 12 minor prophets, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. So if we can identify this pattern of how these books are organized, that will be a huge, huge help to you in aiding you in being able to understand the, these different books of prophecy. Because a lot of these different books, they start off saying in the days of such and such king, uh, yada, 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 or a lot of the books don't even mention that. They provide little context clues, but it's not obvious. 
It is not obvious, especially if you don't know your kings, a lot of the, the kings that don't really play a huge role. It's not obvious when they take place. And so we don't know about what events they are talking about. And if we don't know what events they're talking about, we're not sure exactly how we can interpret those words into our lives. I mean, that would be extremely confusing if you... Uh, opened a news article, a newspaper, and you didn't have the date on it. If you had no idea when the date was, uh, you, you would miss out on a lot of context clues. You would, you would misinterpret a lot of what is taking place here. So you need to know the, the main events that are taking place throughout uh, these books of prophecy. And so if you just remember, there's four different groups uh, of how these, these books are categorized. You start with the major prophets, they progress, and you start over with the minor prophets, and they progress. Uh, that, that will do you a lot of favors. So that's the end of the timeline there. When we're talking about, uh, if, if we move on to a new topic, we talk about major themes of these 17 books of prophecy. There's two major themes uh, that we should uh, bring up, and that is judgment and hope. Basically, every single one of these books of prophecy, they talk about judgment and they talk about hope as well. As one of the roles of the prophets during this time period was to point out the sins of the people. And let me tell you, this is heavy material to read talking about the sins, how wicked the people of Israel Israel is, how, how wicked the people of the surrounding nations are. It's heavy, it's disheartening to read. And, and these prophets, they're dealing with these wicked and rebellious people and they have to bring to light their sins. They have to say, listen up guys, what you're doing is not okay and God is going to judge the world through his son, Jesus Christ, one day. And so we have to be made aware of that. Just one example uh, of this theme of uh, judgment, if we're just talking about here this first book of prophecy and Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, reads, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. Children have I reared and brought up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner, and the donkey its master's crib, but Israel does not know. My people do not understand. A sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, offspring of evildoers, children who deal corruptly, they have forsaken the Lord, they have despised the Holy One of Israel, they are utterly estranged. To me, this is, this is one of the saddest pieces of scriptures um, in the Bible where uh, Isaiah talking here to these people, he says the ox knows its owner. The ox, not, not the brightest animal around. The donkey knows its owner. The donkey, not the, the brightest animal around. But, but humankind, mankind, we don't even know who our master is. We have totally, Israel has totally forsaken their master. What a sinful nation. They've forsaken the Lord. They've despised the Holy One of Israel. And so this is just one very small example of the types of judgment that is flooded 
throughout uh, the 17 books of prophecy. And judgment, really, in my judgment, is the, the biggest theme, the theme that gets the most attention in these 17 uh, books of prophecy. And so just be aware of that. We're dealing with the sins of these people, whether we're dealing with the sins of Israel before they're conquered or Judah before they're conquered, or if we're looking back at the sins that they've committed in the past, or if we're looking at encouraging the people to stay on track during uh, the return of the exiles. So that's judgment. You're going to see a lot of judgment in these books of prophecy. But fortunately, another major theme that we see uh, throughout uh, these books of prophecy is hope. We see a lot of passages about the ultimate hope that we have as Christians. And that ultimate hope that we have as Christians is God's kingdom. Is where everything wrong with this world is going to be made right. And a lot of times in these different books, they really hammer the people hard. Wake up, you sinful nation. You've got to repent of your sins. But then near the end of the book, they provide them with a sense of hope. And we see this in the book of Isaiah as well. In Isaiah chapter 66, the very last chapter, verses 22 and 23 reads, For as the new heavens and the new earth that I make shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your offspring and your name remain. From new moon to new moon and from Sabbath to Sabbath, all flesh shall come to worship before me, declares the Lord. So we get that sense of hope, that sense of restoration, where right now we are wicked and sinful nation, but if we repent of our sins, if we repent due to this message of judgment, then we have hope. We have hope of a day where all flesh is going to come worship before God. I want to be a part of that day. That is hope that's found for us flooded throughout these 17 books of prophecy. Throughout these uh, books of prophecy, uh, the uh, phrase, that day, occurs 111 times uh, just in these 17 books. And that day is referring to the day of the Lord, the day where we're going to see both judgment and we're going to see hope as well. As the day of the Lord, Jesus is going to come back, establish God's kingdom here on earth. And as Jesus establishes God's kingdom, he's going to cast the wicked off into uh, the lake of fire. But at the same time, he's going to grant eternal life to those who have accepted forgiveness, for those who have come to the altar and have accepted Jesus as their Savior. And so in just in, the, in this one phrase, the day of the Lord, that day, we see both of the major themes of judgment and of hope. And these different prophets, they, they touch base on both sides of the day of the Lord. Uh, I like to refer to the day of the Lord as a two-sided coin, as we have uh, the, the sunny side of it, the, the, the hope of God's kingdom, and we have the scary side of the day of the Lord, the day in which... Uh, the majority of people on this earth are uh, going to pay for their sins. And that's why we, uh, as Christians, we need to get this word out there. We need to share this word with our brothers and sisters and parents and children and friends and teachers and, and more. Because the majority of people, according to the words of Jesus himself, are not going to experience God's kingdom. And so we need to heed the warning to them. We need to, to share this warning. We need to serve as a prophet to them and share of, of this news of hope that we have. 
that God's kingdom is coming and they can be a part of it no matter what they have done in their past. And so those are the two major themes of uh, the 17 books of prophets, both the five major prophets and the 12 minor prophets. Now, before you go and you try to uh, read uh, these books of prophecy on your own uh, at your home, I encourage you to do two things anytime before you read these books of prophecy. Number one, I encourage you to identify the context of that book. And number two, I encourage you to pray. I find it very similar to uh, putting together a piece of furniture from Ikea. Anybody ever get furniture from Ikea? You know, it can be really handy. It can be uh, really accessible as it comes in a box, a fairly small box, for oftentimes for how big the piece of furniture is. And then you, you open the box, and there sometimes, depending on the piece of furniture, sometimes there are hundreds of pieces that you have to assemble together. And now you would not get very far. It'd be very difficult to assemble that piece of furniture without reading through the instruction uh, booklets and, and how to assemble these pieces. Yeah, there's pieces that only have a couple pieces you could do without reading uh, the instructions. Um, but you guys uh, know what I am talk of, talking about. And on a similar note, it's very difficult to understand the words of these different prophets if we don't first understand the context or if we don't first understand the instructions of how to read that book. So by whatever means necessary, I encourage you to be familiar with the context of that book before you even start to read it. You can understand the context by uh, going through the Bible blueprints, uh, what we went over uh, that first week where we just have an introduction of each of these different books. You can Google it real quick, what, what's the historical setting of Zephaniah or whatever. Um, and we'll also talk about a couple extra resources here at the end uh, this morning that you can use as an aid to understand the context behind uh, these books. And then sometimes when, when you're a kid and you're working on a project, uh, you need nothing else other than the help from your dad. Um, and that's, that's true when we are reading through uh, God's scripture as well. We need God's help. We need our Heavenly Father's help to discern and understand his word. And this doesn't just apply with these 17 books of prophecy, but I encourage you to pair this habit of reading God's word with praying. Praying for God to open your heart, open your mind, open your eyes, open your ears to his word so that you can come away with a true and honest interpretation of what he is trying to tell you. Because there's nobody's help better than your heavenly fathers. So those are uh, two tidbits uh, to take note of before you are reading these books of prophecy. And then also, uh, one bonus, while you are reading uh, these different books of prophecy, if you're just going through them in your daily uh, devotions, I'd encourage you not to get bogged down in some of the deep imagery and some of the future prophecies that uh, have yet to be filled or fulfilled in the time of Jesus because some of these, uh, they can be confusing. They can be very confusing. They, there's lots of different interpretations of uh, how we apply these different future prophecies into our lives. And I would encourage you to uh, don't get bogged down in them, but save that for your more intense Bible studies where you're trying to figure out 
out what these different prophecies mean. And that, so that applies only if you're going through your daily devotions, if you're reading your Bible for 5, 10, or 15 minutes every day. A practice, a habit that we should be instilling in our lives. And so as we close today, I just want to talk about uh, two extra resources uh, that I have for you guys. The first one I actually don't have for you guys uh, today. Um, I worked on it at my house. On uh, I have uh, a Mac, um, and I formatted the document, uh, but then as I tried to transfer it to the church computer this morning, uh, the format got jumbled up. So I'll have that for you guys next week. I'll fix the formatting and everything. But basically, it's a guideline to the prophets. It's dealing with what exactly is a prophet. Let's talk about all the information we talked about today. What exactly a prophet is, the historical setting of these different prophets, what group uh, they belong in, and then just reminding us of the two major themes. And so that's just a half sheet of paper, something you can slip in your Bible, you can take a look at before you read through these different uh, books of prophecy. And the second uh, resource that I have available uh, for you guys is something I mentioned uh, the first week uh, in our uh, ladies' Bible study, and uh, we got through a, a good chunk of it in our youth group. Uh, we went through a survey of the Old Testament, um, and I took the time to edit all that and co- compose it into uh, one uh, big document. Um, and so I have eight copies over there uh, just because I know uh, it's 88 pages long. Uh, I know, uh, or. I would love to think that you all would spend the time to, to read this and discern this, but I don't want to waste paper. But if you're interested in a survey of the Old Testament, it just breaks down uh, the Old Testament chapter by chapter. I have some copies up there sitting in that chair over there in the front row. Uh, grab yourself a copy, and it would be my joy to print more if more people are interested in just getting a chapter by chapter breakdown um, of the Bible. Um, but uh, yeah, so you can use that if you are interested. So that, uh, with that, we have finished up the Old Testament. Everybody give a big sigh of relief. <sighs> we made it through the Old Testament. I know a lot of people, they uh, find the Old Testament at times to be a bit dull. Um, but hopefully you've seen throughout uh, these past weeks that there's a lot of great material in the Old Testament. The Old Testament is the foundation of the New Testament. You cannot, I mean, you cannot come away with a true interpretation of the New Testament if you don't first come to grips with the Old Testament. So it's important. Try not to get bogged down with with some of the books of the law, maybe, or some of these uh, prophets. They can be difficult uh, to read through. Uh, There is a ton of good information that applies to our life today as God's word is living and active today. Can I get an amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Father, we thank you for all that you do for us. Thank you for the scriptures uh, that we have access to today. Thank you for the many authors that you have inspired to write these words, these words that are alive and well today, Father. Father, I just pray that the North Hills Church of God, we are a church that studies your word. We are a church that is impacted by your word. That we are a church that is cut to the heart from 
your word. And so, Father, we thank you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.